Good morning and welcome to the Lord's house. Will you stand with us? Let's sing worship to our King.
Amen. Great seeing you this morning. Good morning, Kavanaugh Church. How's everyone doing? Can I get one of these if you're doing all right? Good, 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 good. Hey, there's a lot of cla- uh, clash and uh, voices and a lot of uh, stuff, static noise that this world kind of just throws our way, right? But there is one voice that truly guides, directs, and loves us more than all the rest, and that is the voice of Jesus. I'm so thankful for that voice and for his love for us as his people, and it's that one voice that we depend on uh, for every day, every step that we take. And so I'm thankful for that, and thank you, this, uh, thank you for coming this morning to celebrate uh, him and what he's done for us as his people. Amen? It's good to see you guys. Uh, if you are a first-time guest here this morning, thank you so much for being here with us. We love our church um, and everything that's going on here, and uh, we would love to tell you more about it. So in the chair in front of you, there's a Connect card. Fill that out, and then right after service, take it out these back doors. We have a Connect table there. We'll have some people there to be able to tell you all about our church and what goes on and uh, how you and your family could fit in, all right? It's great to see you guys. I know it's a little chilly outside, but it's warm in here because of who lives in here. Amen. I'm going to invite you all to stand. We're going to ask God's uh, anointing on our services today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for filling this place with your people and with your spirit. I pray for uh, Brother Will as he brings the message today, God. I pray that as he speaks, uh, our hearts are ready and prepared to, uh, for what you want us to hear, God. We want to be a better people, and we want to be all out for you in this world that desperately needs to know about your love and your grace for them. So, Lord, equip us, prepare us and disciple us the way that we need to this morning. We love you in your name. Amen. Greet those around you, and we'll see you in a few minutes.
is calling us to the cross. In Philippians 4.19, it says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And we can hang on to that today because we are a needy people. Um, we could just go on and on. Maybe you need a, a fresh dose of joy this morning. Or um, maybe you have a, a need with a relationship or healing. Or you need peace, strength, guidance, comfort. It's all there in Jesus. He supplies all of our needs. Now, this song that we're getting ready to sing, Honey in the Rock, there's a phrase that says, I keep looking. We're all looking for answers and for help to meet our needs. All of us are. But we don't stop there. So many of us, we, we get so stressed until all we focus on are those needs. But God doesn't want it that way. The song also says, I keep finding. We find what we need in Jesus because only he can satisfy. And he has everything that we need. So as we sing together this morning, lay your needs at his feet. Let him satisfy because he is all that we need. And just bask in his presence and feel once again how sweet it is to trust in Jesus. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I
Thank you, praise team. Give them a big hand. Wow. Fantastic. Love, love all those songs. That last song is one of my favorite. There is honey in the rock, and he is all that we need. Amen. Wow. Good, good to have you here today. Wow. Glad that you're in the Lord's house. My, my text this morning is only one verse of scripture, but what a verse it is. You've heard it. You've read it. You've probably memorized it. It is one of the greatest promises that are in the Bible. I'm starting a series. I just decided I'm going to start a series for the next few weeks on the big promises from God. And this could be one of the biggest promises God has given us. Several years ago, a man did research, took him two years to count all of the promises from Genesis to Revelation that are in the Bible from God to us. He came up with a number. There are 7,487 promises in the Bible from God to us. That's a lot of promises. Amen? 
But perhaps this one today, Philippians 4.13, is the greatest of all promises. I'm going to read it out of the New King James Version. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you believe that? Okay, about a third of you do. Let's read it together, okay, as an affirmation of our faith on three. Let's read it. One, two, three. I can do Now, do you believe that? Amen. Fantastic. The Living Bible expands it a little bit in this way. I can do everything God asked me to do with the help of Christ who gives me strength and power. For most of us, Philippians 4.13 is an old friend. Uh, You know this verse. You've heard it for years. You, You had it taught to you in Sunday school class. Dozens of preachers have preached on this verse from the pulpit. Maybe you even have it as a plaque or a wall hanger. But knowing a verse so well may mean that it no longer amazes you like it should amaze you. Being so familiar with a verse, perhaps it it no longer challenges you the way Paul intended it to do so. Most people would say, you know, I can do some things, but not all things. The Bible says you can do all things. So is this just a hyperbole or is it literally true? A lot of people have two problems with this verse. Number one, Paul seems too confident. Paul says, I can. It's a bold affirmation. And the promise almost seems too broad. Do all things. We know what this verse says, but do we really believe it when hard times hit our lives? Can we do all things? That's a question I'm asking you. Can we? Can we do all things? Well, I'm going to give you four answers to that one question, can we do all things? And along with each answer, I'm also going to give you a principle that you can think about. So number one answer to the question, can we do all things, is you can if you want to. They laughed more in the first service when I said that. You can if you want to. Paul said, I can do all things. I call this the principle of personal desire. Before the deed comes the desire to do the deed. To accomplish your goals, you've got to decide exactly what it is you want and then focus your attention on that. There's really an important lesson for us to learn in this principle. Isn't it a principle in life that you usually get those things that you really go after? If you want something with all of your heart, and if it is the focus of all of your energies toward this one supreme goal, generally speaking, you're probably going to achieve that goal or come pretty close to it. Now, that's not the end of the story, but I can tell you this for sure, it is the place it has to begin. If you want something badly enough, you have got a a fighting chance of getting it if you really have a desire to do it. But if you don't care, chances are it probably isn't going to happen. So here's the first principle. You've really got a desire to do it. Now, as as I was writing this this past week, my mind just kept going back to my middle kid, Callie Grace. 
Uh, many of y'all saw Callie grow up, you, you know her. Well, one thing about Callie when she was a little bit girl, she was very determined. She could, she could argue with a fence post for four hours and walk away knowing that she won the argument. Yeah? Yeah? Just very determined. If she, if she wanted to do something, just get out of the way because she was going to get it done. She went to Baylor and received a, a degree in, uh, in Christian ministry, uh, really thinking that she was going to be a missionary. Went on a years-long mission trip. Uh, part of that time was in the Philippines, and she worked with uh, girls who had been caught up in the sex trade industry. From that, God changed directions for Callie, and now she's in Denver going to law school. She's in her second year of law school. We don't know exactly where that's going to end up, but one, one of her passions is to be an advocate for these girls who have been caught up in the sex trade industry. But whatever Callie sets her mind to do, she usually does. Along with that, when she came out of her mother's womb, God made her fast. I mean, she can run blazingly fast. And, and as she grew up in, in our home, she had to play a sport. If you're in the Harmon house, you've got to do something athletic because that's just the way our mama is, my wife, Angie. She, she's, a, she's the real athlete. And, and in my house, if you don't win, you've lost. Yeah. Really. Second place is for losers in my house, all right? It, there is so much pressure being a member of my family, for, for me especially. But Kelly was a great athlete. H however, she found her niche in running. So as determined as she was, she quit playing all the other sports just to focus her attention on running. And not just running, she had a specific race that she really wanted to win. It's the 300 women's hurdles. And so her her her. Her focus was on doing everything she could to be the fastest hurdler in the state of Arkansas. It, joy had affected her diet. There, there are certain things that she would not eat. She had a very lean diet because she wanted to keep her body as fast as it would go. The, the track coach down in Greenwood in those days, he was the offensive line coach for the football team. That, that's how much importance they really put on, on track. The guy couldn't jump over a hurdle if his life depended on it. And so he'd, he'd tell Callie, I'll just go out there and run those hurdles. You'll be okay. It's not good enough for my middle daughter. So I cannot tell you the, the miles Angie traveled twice a week taking Callie up to Fayetteville to a specific coach who trained kids to race, run hurdles. But it paid off. It paid off. She was quite the hurdler. In fact, down in Greenwood at the stadium, there is a plaque on one of the walls that, that holds all of the records from students in the past at Greenwood High School. Monty Butler is on there numerous times. Anybody remember Monty Butler? Longtime member of our church, grew up here. He, he has several of those records. Callie owns the record for the 300 hurdles. And she was a state champion. Her sophomore year, her junior year, and her senior year. A three-peat state champion. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? I mean, but it all started with that desire. She, she had two goals. She wanted to be state champion, but she also wanted to beat this girl from Alma. <laughs> and I won't even go there with that story. It, 
It's quite a complicated story. But it all began with that personal desire to do something. Now, I'm not much of a counselor. You know that. It's not my area of training. It's not my gift of expertise. But like all pastors, I talk to people all the time who have personal problems, and I do my best to help them out. And even though I'm not a great counselor, I have learned a whole lot about human nature simply by casual observation. And through the years, I have learned this much. If you've got a real problem in your life, you're not going to get much better until you stop saying the word can't. You have to eliminate that from your vocabulary, that you can't do something. And, and until you solve the problem, it would probably be a good idea to change the word can't to the truth, which is the word won't. We say, I can't forgive that person. I can't do that. I can't read my Bible. I can't be faithful. No, it's not that you can't, it's that you won't. Let's just be truthful about it. For most of us, can't is a convenient excuse. So is it possible for you to do all things? Yes, it is. But the first step is you've got to want to do it. That's the answer to this first question. You've got to want to do it. It is the principle of personal desire. Now, if, if you just stop listening to me right now, you're going to think, oh, it's Dr. Will talking. <laughs> the, the power of positive thinking. Right? No, it's a whole lot deeper than that, so don't stop listening. The, the second answer to the question, can we do all things, is this. You can if God wants you to. Hmm? This is the principle of divine direction. This verse is not a blank check. Paul emphasizes this when he says, I can do all things through Christ. It's not as if Paul is saying, I can do anything that I dream up doing. That's not what he's saying at all. In fact, if you read the context, he is speaking about the varying and sometimes difficult circumstances of life. In verse number 11, he says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And then let me paraphrase what he's saying in verse number 12. My paraphrase of verse 12 goes something like this. Paul says, sometimes I've had a roof over my head, and sometimes I haven't. I've, I've lived out in the cold. I've been laid up sick, and I've had good health. Sometimes I've eaten like a king, and other times I've had nothing on my plate. I've had money in the bank, and other times I have been flat broke. But I have learned to be content no matter what my situation might be. And with that in mind, now I can paraphrase verse 13. Paul said, I have learned through the power of Jesus Christ that I can face whatever comes my way. If it's good, I can enjoy it. If it's not so good, I can deal with it because I have access to everlasting strength, I have the power of Jesus Christ living inside of me. Let me put this teaching in one sentence. Through Jesus Christ, 
You can do everything God wants you to do. You can face everything he wants you to face. You can fight every battle he wants you to fight. You can obey every command that is in the Bible. You can endure every trial that comes your way. You can overcome every temptation the devil dangles in your face. And you can do that all through the power of Jesus Christ. If God is in it, you can do it. Don't you like that? Come on, wake up, people. That's that's pretty good right there. If God is in it, you can do it. If God is in your difficulty, you can face it. If God is in your failure, you can overcome it. If God is in your dreams, your dreams will come to pass. If God is in your goals, you can achieve every one of them. If God is in your prayers, he will answer all of them. Can you really do all things? Yes. If God wants you to, you can. Answer number three to the question, can we do all things? Yes, you can if you rely on Jesus Christ. This is the principle of divine enablement. And it really brings us to the heart of Philippians 4.13. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The Greek word means to pour strength into. It's like pouring water into a glass or coffee into a cup. It's the picture of an empty vessel that is being filled with outside resources. When we face the problems of life, Jesus pours strength into our lives. Wow. Let me tell you, that makes Philippians 4.13 totally different from purely secular approaches to life. You tell me, how far will positive thinking get you when you get fired from your job or lose your job? How far is positive thinking going to get you when your spouse walks out the door? How far is positive thinking going to give you if the stock market crashes and you lose your retirement? How far is positive thinking going to get you when your world falls apart? Where's the hope for life? What in the world are you going to cling to then? How are you going to find the strength to go on? Where is the anchor of your soul? It takes more than just positive thinking. (laughs) You've got to have Jesus Christ on the inside. You've got to be a believer, a follower of Christ, a part of the family of God. Now, let, let me ask you this. Are we who believe better than other people? No. Are we stronger? No. Does God give us a free pass so that what happens to others won't happen to us? No. Are we exempt from the real problems in life? No. We suffer heartache and disappointment like everybody else in this world. We endure suffering and sadness and opposition. We weep real tears because we live in the real world. All that anyone else suffers, we suffer as well. So what makes the difference? 
Well, I'll tell you what makes the difference for me. I have Jesus living inside of me. It is Christ within. We have the power of the indwelling Christ who gives us the strength to face the problems of real life. And can I tell you, this is not some average power. This is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. He uses that power to strengthen us. So is Jesus enough for the problems of your life? Yes. Yes. A thousand times, yes. The saints from all the ages affirm, yes. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul never said Jesus will get you out of trouble. What Paul said is Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you, and he will give you the strength that you need. You can do all things. Somebody say amen. Amen. If you rely on Jesus Christ, not your own strength, not in your own wisdom, not in your own ability to figure things out, but if you say, Lord Jesus, I am trusting you, I am relying on you, then you know what? You can do all things through Christ. I had four answers. Here's number four. Can we do all things? Number four answer is you can if you start today and don't look back. This is the principle of personal choice. So let me ask you, we just started 2024. Which way are you headed? Which direction is your life headed in? Your answer makes all the difference. Most, most people are not going forward. They're stuck in the past. They worry about the past. They fret over the past. You know what you need to do with the past? Just forget it, dude. It's over. It's done. It's gone. It's finished. Ain't, ain't no way the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's over. You just need to get over that. Can't go back and change that. Even if you want to, you can't go back and change it. Can I tell you this? There is no reverse gear in the Christian life. The river of God's purpose flows only in one direction, and that is forward. So let let me wrap all of this together for you. Can you really do all things through Christ Jesus? Yes, you can. Here are the four principles. Look at them. Personal desire, you've got to have that. Divine direction, divine enablement, and then personal choice. Notice the first one is personal, the next two are divine, and the fourth one is personal. There is a perfect balance here. Two depend on you and two depend on God. Does it depend on you? Yes, it does. Does it depend on God? Yes, it does. Listen to the verse again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It begins with I, it ends with me, and Jesus is in the middle. Let let me tell you what I'm not saying. I am not saying 
I can do all things. Those are the words of a boaster. I am not saying I can do some things. Those are words of a doubter. What I am saying is this, I can do all things through Christ. Those are the words of a believer. And it all boils down to this, I can through Christ. You can do everything that God wants you to do. You can fulfill His will in your life. You can obey every command. You can endure every trial. You can overcome every temptation. You can do everything God wants you to do through the power of His Son, Jesus Christ. Perhaps you need to make this your motto for life. Etch it in your brain. Stick it on your refrigerator. I can through Christ. Say that with me. I can through Christ. Now say it again like you believe it. I can through Christ. Amen. Let's go home. Well, not quite yet. I need to land this plane. I'm going to end my sermon a little bit different than, than I normally do. In fact, I don't know that I've ever done this. I'm going to end my sermon, Dev, you can throw it up on the screen, with uh, one of my favorite books in the world. Y'all see that? Oh, man, I love it. The Little Engine That Could. I, I loved reading this to all three of my kids. In fact, I, I knew we had a copy of it, and I said, Angie, where's, where's that copy? And we looked everywhere, in our house, in our attic. I tell you, we, we, need, we need the Nichols uh, tote arrangement to organize all the stuff in our attic. I tell you, maybe I could find it then. My book is missing. So if you have stolen my book, I need it back. I didn't have this for first service, so I I called my daughter thinking she's got my book. She didn't have it. She does have two copies of it. And the, the one that was brought to me was actually from my grandson, Archer. He, came, he ran in my office between services and he threw it at me. That's just the way he does things, man. He threw it at me. He goes smile on his face. And I, after he left, I read the back of it. Here's what the inscription. Archie, you always can. You always can. Uncle Zane. So my son Zane gave it to his nephew, Archie. You always can. I, I love this book. Don't y'all love this book? Anybody remember how it goes? There's some little kids who lived on, on one side of the mountain, and, and they were needing their toys and their candy and all the cool stuff. There was a train that was supposed to bring it, but the train had to go over the mountain to get it to the kids. So the train was chugging along, and right when it got to the foot of the mountain, the train engine just stopped. It couldn't go any further. And so what to do? What are we going to do? Well, the conductor started asking other trains, can you help us out? There was a big, shiny engine. Would you take the toys to the kids on the other side of the mountain? And the big, shiny engine said, no, I will not do that. I'm a passenger train. I I only carry important people. It was a diesel locomotive who carried heavy loads. Will you do it? No, I'm not going to waste my time with toys. They asked several trains if they would do it, and and nobody would agree to do it. Then, Then finally, in the corner, they heard a voice, I'll do it. It was from the little blue switch engine. I'll do it. 
but you're too small. That's a big mountain. You can't do it. Well, I'll try to carry those toys over the mountain to the kids on the other side. Now get this. So they hooked up the train to the little blue switch engine. Did you get that? They hooked up the train to the little blue switch engine. And he started out, chug, chug, puff, puff, chug, chug, puff, puff. And as he started climbing up the mountain, he started picking up speed. And as he was going up the mountain, he kept saying, I think I can. 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 That's not the way it is in the book, but that's the way I read it to my kids. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And finally, he got to the top of the mountain using all the strength that he had. And when he appeared on the top of the mountain, all the little kids down in the town below started cheering, yay, yay, our toys are coming, the candy's coming. And then he started the descent, chug, chug, chug. And you know what he was saying then? I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could. Woo! Everybody was happy. What a good little book. Archie, you always can. Here's the deal. I'd say most of us in this building today, we're on the other side of the mountain. Our engines broke down. Our load's too heavy. And we're looking at that mountain in front of us and we just don't think there's any way possible. Whatever crisis you're facing is a real crisis. It might be a marital crisis. Your, your marriage may be hanging on by a very weak thread this morning and you don't know what in the world you're going to do. Maybe it's a financial difficulty. You have lost your job. Maybe your retirement account is not nearly as much as you thought it was because our economics are crazy. And you're going to have to go back to work. Maybe, maybe, maybe the doctor has given you some bad news. We've got a handful of people in our church, many of them in the first service, who just in the past few weeks have received some really bad news about their health. Maybe your job is in jeopardy. Maybe you're suffering dream deflation. <laughs> you know what that is, don't you? You have all these dreams and you first start out and reality is something else and you go through dream deflation. It, it could be your kids are away from the Lord. Maybe you are facing an impossible task. And you're looking at that mountain that's in front of you, and it is so high that you are tempted to give up without even trying. Friend, here's the lesson of Philippians 4.13. If you hook up with Jesus... If you hook your life up with Jesus Christ, you can climb that mountain. When you come to the end of this year, if you have Jesus pulling your life, 
you'll be saying, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could. Right now, all you can say is, I think I can. But remember, through Jesus Christ, you can. Now, dude, I love this little book, but, but this little book, the little engine that could, it's charming, it's delightful, it's enjoyable to read, but it's not entirely biblical. There are two important differences between this book and this book. First, the little engine said, I think I can. I think I can. That's not what Paul said. Paul said, I know I can. Second, the little engine relied on its own strength, its own power to get over that mountain. But when we do that, we're going to stumble and fall on our face. We have available to us the resources of an infinite God who pours into our life the strength that we need at that very moment. There is a huge difference between I think and I know. And dear friend, let me tell you, you can through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, you can do all things. So here is the big promise for today. Jesus Christ will give you everything you need to do anything God calls you to do. And no matter what problem you're facing today, you can through Jesus. So why don't you just gather up all those problems and bring them to Jesus right now? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Some of you are in this room and you've never been saved. You've never invited Jesus into your life. That, that's the beginning place. That, that's the changing point. Jesus makes all the difference. So come to Jesus today. We'll, we'll, we'll show you from the Bible how you can be saved. Secondly, if you are a Christian, I know, I know you're dealing with real problems. Well, God has a promise for you today. No matter what your problem is, no matter what mountain you're facing, you can do all things through Jesus Christ. So just come to him for help. That's all. Just come to him for help. And l listen to me. If you come asking Jesus to help you, if you just step out and come in faith and come to this altar and pray, Jesus, will you help me? The moment you do that, he's going to start pouring into you the strength that you need. But he only pours when we come and ask. So dear Jesus, today we're going to come in faith. We're going to ask in faith, trusting. We're trusting in you. We're relying on you. In Christ, we can. Help us to believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? And as soon as you stand up, step out. Some have already come. Why don't you? Right now, come on.
come to Jesus right now as they sing another verse. Come on. Jesus, I love you and I thank you for, for salvation, for grace, for mercy. I thank you for your strength, dear Lord, as we face the challenges of life to know that we can do all things through Christ who gives us that strength. I pray for everyone in this room, Lord, meet the needs of every life and family. Lord, I lift up to you some, some church members who've, who've just had a rough week and need our prayers. I pray for Robert Allman, Melissa Satterfield, Phyllis Hamilton, Jerry Tomlin, Larry Howard, Tanya Bateman, and Wanda Davis. Lord, I know there are others who have problems. These people have, have either been in the hospital or really sick and need divine intervention. And I pray that you'd give it to them. We love you, Lord. I pray a blessing on everyone in this room and all those listening online. We do it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Wow. Glad you were here today. And uh, what a promise from the Bible. Amen. We're, so, so here's what we're going to do. Over the next several years, we're going to look at 7,487. Uh, Probably not, but I am going to talk about some of the big promises from God. If you're a church member, make sure you drop your offering off in one of these black boxes when you walk out. If you're a guest, please fill out one of those Connect cards. Take it to our Connect counter. We have a gift for you. We've got a, another group that's going to Puerto Rico here soon uh, to minister to the children in our school over there. They've got one big last fundraiser to, to raise just a little more money to get over there. Uh, they're going to cook some ribs, smoke some ribs, and sell those. So if you'd like a rack of ribs, 25 bucks, you can sign up. Uh, they have the dates of when that's going to be done. You can check it out. There's also a pretty cool Blackstone grill out there that they're raffling off for $10. You can buy a chance to win that uh, Blackstone grill. On February 4th, we're going to have a baptism. I have several people who have been saved and want to be baptized. If you're not on that list but would like to be, see one of our pastors. Then this Saturday at 7.30 a.m., men's prayer breakfast, and all of you men are welcome to that. I want to read one card before I let you go. It says, Pastor Will and Kavanaugh Church family, thank you so much for the prayers, visits, and beautiful plant that you sent in honor of my mom, Ann Brown. It was a great comfort to our family. 
We love and appreciate you. Love Jack and Nancy Evans and family. Still love you guys and we're praying for you. Uh, Miss Ann was a great lady and a wonderful church member who's celebrating in heaven right now. Amen. I hope you have a great day. I don't know what's going to happen with the weather. Just stay safe and make sure you got There you go. <laughs> and, and food for your dog. And really, honestly, if you have my book, I want it back, all right? Get out of here.